Hey, hey, I'm Ben Yan, and this is People of LinkedIn, the podcast where I feature budding changemakers from the LinkedIn community and talk about their passions and aspirations for how they can make an impact. My guest today is LJ Troilo. He's 20 years old and about as far from your typical college student as it gets. He received a full ride to Temple University in Philly, but only lasted one semester. He dropped out to pursue his own ventures. Now, LJ is in the process of launching his third official business, IV. His approach to life and work is an absolute outlier, and our conversation was filled with insights and fun stories. I hope you enjoy. In high school, LJ was part of something called the Junior Achievement Program. It's pretty unique in that it gives students in high school resources to start their own business. And over the course of a year, in teams, students had to raise money to create, run, and liquidate a business. And out of the 800 or so teams that participate each year, LJ actually won the national championship in his junior year. And being part of this program was one of the catalysts for LJ's passion for entrepreneurship. Using some of the experience that he gained from this program, LJ started his first legit company in his final year in high school. A digital media consulting and content creation company called PHL Media Management. And on top of that, he was awarded a full scholarship to attend Temple University in Philadelphia. This would be a dream come true for a lot of us, but for LJ, it wasn't exactly what he was after. So after just one semester, he dropped out. Yeah. Um, so basically, everything kind of all happened at once. By the end of the summer, I'd kind of grown tired of doing a um, agency-based company just because I felt like I was creating a ton of value for like other clients when I could be creating the value for a startup of my own. Um, and also, it just wasn't like, I really like things that like scale um, and it just wasn't like very scalable, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of just was like, oh, I really want to do something else. Um, and also I just hated, I've, I've always just had a, um, negative experience with school. Um, I've always preferred to kind of teach myself things or learn through experience books or the internet. Um, and it's kind of my personal belief that like most of the things that you could learn in school, you could, you know, just learn on the internet because like the, you know, access to like a nearly unlimited amount of inspiration. Uh, information has never been more easily accessible um and that was around the same time that I and all for that like past year I had just been like falling and and before that too but like really falling in love with um like the technology side of things and so after like I guess yeah it was about a month I kind of just like left school um and just stopped going to class and then um after like the first semester I like officially like unenrolled we were talking about how, like, everything can be learned on the internet. I mean, there's YouTube, there's Khan Academy. I mean, if you want to figure out something new, you can do it on the internet. And that's kind of what you did in high school and, and now, I, I guess, right? Something that, like, I, I totally agree with that. But I think the hardest thing about that is self-discipline. Because if you're not going to school, right, you don't have somebody really telling you what to learn. And I think somebody that doesn't have that kind of drive will just sit there and, 
not do anything that's super productive, you know, like if, if the, my, myself in high school, if I wasn't going to school, I would probably be playing video games all day long. You know, when I could have the potential to go and learn something, I just didn't have the motivation and the drive inside me to go and do it. Like for you, where was that drive coming from if it wasn't coming from school, you know? I don't know. I just love to learn and I love to create things. And you need to learn to be able to create things, right? So it's just kind of like a self-feeding cycle. Like I've never been able to sit still. When I'm when I'm doing things that are unproductive, I feel like really restless. And I'm like, oh my God, like I could be, like if I'm, if I'm like chilling, like watching like a TV show or something, I'm like, I could be like, like getting leads for IV or like doing X, Y, Z or like learning right now. I'm like so determined and like excited about creating this new company that I feel like time doing anything else, doing anything that like doesn't serve that or add value to that is like wasted. But I want to preface that with saying at the same time, wellness and having social interactions and, you know, like, for example, like every day I meditate, I work out, I try to have, you know, a little bit of time with friends maybe a couple times a week. So, like, there's definitely a balance. And, like, I know from personal experience, if I don't, you know, provide those kind of balancing activities in my life that all, like, just become miserable and burn out. So, like, it's, def- it's definitely, like, finding what that balance is and then, like, sticking to it and not getting you know, too wrapped up on either side. Um, but for me, like, I'm just, I've always been able to, like, work extremely long hours just because I'm driven by that kind of passion, I guess. And would you say that started in high school? Just as soon as you got there, you're like, I don't like the classes, but I know what I want to learn. So you just you kind of went after it? Like, were you a good student in high school in terms of, like, grades and showing up to class and doing your homework? Or I guess, like, a, a really big... So, so to answer your question, like, yes, like I took classes like extremely seriously all the way up until senior year of high school. And then I was like, whoa, I can learn like so much more on my own. Um, I guess that's when like it really shifted. But even like I studied abroad um, in Chile summer going into um, junior year and I, ref- and I just studied. So I would go to class and like live with my host family, but I would like self do like an independent study for like I don't know six or seven hours a day and I basically ran through like all of the material in two months um and like refused to speak English um whenever possible and carried around a journal with me and whenever I was in a conversation with someone and I didn't understand what something meant which was literally every 10 seconds I would stop them I would have them like I would like write out whatever the word was or the phrase was that I didn't understand or know um ask them about it like take notes on it and then like continue the conversation and then by the end of the experience um i had like extensive fluency in spanish um and also a pretty good grasp on the chilean dialect um as well and so that experience i think was another really pivotal kind of like shaping point to like just like embracing the whole idea of like independent studying and like learning things on your own so that's do you know how amazing that is like learning spanish from spanish one to ap in two months like going out of your own way or going out of your way to like 
study on your own and bringing those books like no, that is so unheard of in like high school i mean i'm sure you realize this and that's why i'm trying to figure out like where this is all coming from is it like something that had to do with you growing up like were your parents really were they pushing you to try new things or were they really letting you be independent and just kind of letting you do whatever you want like where is that coming from yeah um all right i'll speak to two things so the first is my parents are like very uninvolved not in like they're they're insanely supportive of anything that I do and like fully embrace it but they don't ever push me in one direction or another which I think is super important because that was like where I think I gained a lot of that like independence is they're like listen like we don't we're not gonna talk to you about your grades we're not gonna you know bug you about this or that at the end of the day all this is your decision but like we know you're capable of like doing a lot and that was kind of that was kind of that but as far as like the spanish thing it's actually like really like kind of like my my mindset was like kind of simple i was just like i wanted so badly to be able to converse with individuals in their own native tongue like the idea of that was just like i just became obsessed with it like i wanted just so badly to like experience what it was like to like communicate in another language because like the thing about spanish is like it doesn't or any language it doesn't like no no two languages translate directly into one another right right? absolutely like the way that they formulate phrases and sentences is like is like completely different from how we do and so like you can like unlock a whole new subset of like feelings and expressions and i just i just found that like fascinating so i guess i was just like just became obsessed with like being able to do that. Really, really cool. So moving a little bit forward to the decision to like not continue with school, like your parents are, I'm sure, really supportive of everything you were doing up to that point. What what were their thoughts on you not continuing to college? Because that's something that I think a lot of parents are, even when they're letting their kids be really independent, college isn't they're pretty hard pressed on their kid doing, you know. So what do they think about that? Yeah, so when I first told them, they were like, they are basically like, what the hell are you doing? Um, because I was leaving, like like I said, like free college, yeah. which to them was like the holy grail, yeah. right? They're like, it was like they hit the jackpot. Um, and I did too in their eyes. And at first they were like, really in favor of me just like you know taking a semester off or you know taking a gap year or just like we're really pushing me to like go back to school or like at least consider it um but then when I think like the video sharing startup really started to gain momentum and I started to build um like a deep network that not only like um you know had you know, had, had a lot of experience and, and achievements under their belt, but also that they could tell, like, really cared about me as an individual. And then they saw the value in that. Um, I think that's when the tide started to shift. Um, and then I would say a couple a couple months, maybe six months after, I, uh, maybe four months after I left school, they kind of started to embrace the idea more and more. And now they're like, they can see how happy I am. Cause I was so unhappy in school. They can see how like happy I am and like see the passion in my eyes when I talk about these things. And they're like, we don't want you to go back because like, we really think you're doing the right thing. 
And like, I couldn't, I can't express like my gratitude towards them and like really like going against the, the grain and like, you know, kind of like accepting me for who I am and not trying to like, you know, shape my future for me. Um, And so there, I, I, I owe them like so much, you know, just for doing that alone and like really, you know, accepting me for who I am, which is like such a beautiful and amazing thing that they've done for me. So really inspiring stories, right? I was totally impressed by LJ's discipline and work ethic. One that is constantly searching for pain points in the world and finding creative solutions to those problems. Shortly after he dropped out of college, an opportunity came up. So LJ started yet another company. So from from when I dropped out of school to November or like late October 2018, so really about a year, I was um I created this company called Cord which was, was essentially a, a video sharing platform that empowered content creators to um, earn more ad revenue uh, and, and didn't subject them to uh, unfair, like, demonetization practices. Yeah, like, what I remember YouTube was doing that quite a lot. There was a lot of people posting on YouTube about how things were getting demonetized for not very good reasons almost, you know? Totally, yeah. So, basically... Um, those were the yeah. Those are the two problems that we're solving. So YouTube was basically wrongfully flagging videos as like inappropriate or controversial, and um, making content creators suffer by not uh, allowing them to earn ad revenue from those videos. So it was really hurting the income of a lot of content creators. And then additionally, YouTube takes forty five percent of content creators' ad revenue, which is a huge cut. And so essentially what we were trying to do is we were trying to empower content creators by creating a platform where they own, where they um, earned uh, much, a, a much larger cut of their ad revenue and also weren't subjected to unfair demonetization um, practices by basically having them fill out a really quick form before they posted their video, like letting advertisers know what level of controversy was included. Um, and then, you know, letting advertisers pick, um, videos and content creators accordingly because basically like youtube was ha- was having this like blanket statement that said if there's any cursing if there's any you know crude remarks or like any like level of sexuality in a video then we're just not going to pair it up with advertisers but there's like a huge you know market of advertisers who don't care you know if a video has cursing or you know those other things that i listed and would be willing to um advertise with them and so basically they're missing out on this huge segment of like unmonetized content um and that's kind of the like what what our niche was um and it was going really well until it wasn't i mean we built a pretty big basically we had like what we call it a sleeper cell of content creators so it was like a secret team of content creators who um like in secret were you know tied to cord um which was the name of the video sharing platform and who were planning to switch to our platform when we launched all in one big surprise wave, um, basically causing a, a big, you know, splash in the video sharing community and a lot of press that would then drive like a second wave of uh, content creator and, and uh, like user adoption. Um, and we built the, the team of creators up to like a collective scri- subscriber base of around 5 million. Um, and, you know, things on the dev side were going fairly well. Um, 
but then YouTube uh, basically created and released um, a tool that did that started to solve demonetization, basically very similar to the one that I kind of previously described where content creators like filled out, um, you know, the level of controversy beforehand and launched it. And then, you know, uh, if you're familiar with the phrase, like you have to be 10 X better than the incumbent to, you know, take, take over the market. Our whole value proposition was just kind of decimated. Um, and so we very quickly just had to wrap up shop and, and, and shut down the startup. So it was pretty sad, but through that experience, I learned more than I'd learned in my entire life. Um, not only from a like business marketing launch strategy side, but also from a technology side. Um, and so I have no regrets. Like it was one of the, probably the best experiences of my entire life. Um, and also allowed me to build like a really, really strong network of individuals who were super supportive of me. So Cord didn't end up working out, but I mean, he was taking on Google of all competitors. And in his year with Cord, there was also a lot of failures. But for LJ, that's probably the best thing that could have happened. In in, in hindsight, you know, maybe it would have been wiser to, you know, tackle a more niche or a more uh, reasonable problem. But I, like I said, I have no regrets at all because I, I just learned so much, um, so, so much during that experience that it was just completely like invaluable to my, to my journey as an entrepreneur, I guess. But I mean, I made so many mistakes. Like I can't even tell you like how many mistakes and failures I made, but like, those are the experiences that you need to have to, um, you know, grow as an entrepreneur. Like, hiring the wrong legal team or you know not properly vetting a partner or um like a partnership or whatever or you know um not understanding how to read a term sheet and all of those things that you know if i hadn't like failed and you know scuffed you know, scrape my knees on like the first time around like i wouldn't know how to do now you know what i mean so like I can't like express how important failure is because if you don't fail, you don't grow. Like failure is growth. It's only the only failure that exists in entrepreneurship is if you don't grow from your failure. LJ was able to learn from a lot of those failures and use that knowledge for his future ventures. By leveraging his network, he is now building IV, his third company, and I'm just going to let him explain a little bit about what this company is all about. So we at IV believe that you should never have to sacrifice a day of productivity after a night of fun. Um, so our goal is basically to empower individuals to have great mornings after going out, no matter you know how amazing of a time they had the night before. So our product is an app that, that connects our users to on-demand on treatment um, at the press of a button. So kind of how we have our competitive advantage is that current IV treatment companies have really time-consuming and like clunky ordering experiences um, and really ugly web portals. Um, so we're kind of coming in and creating a more innovative uh, and, and enjoyable technology um, that you know enables our users to order and get this treatment in a much more efficient um, and more enjoyable way. So that's what we're about. Excellent. And I guess that's pretty much launching 
soon, right? We can expect to see it hitting big cities in the near future. Yep. So we're launching in LA, New York, uh, Boston, Philly, Miami, Chicago, and San Fran uh, this upcoming fall. Very cool. Awesome. And since this is such a unique and novel idea, and not one that really quickly comes to mind, I had to ask LJ where he got the idea in the first place. Basically, um, I was with my co-founder, and or would-be co-founder at the time, and a friend had come to us, and they were basically telling us about how they'd ordered an IV um, from this company and how horrible the ordering experience was. Um, for those of you who don't know what uh, an IV is or a hangover curing IV, it's basically a treatment where a nurse administers um, saline and vitamins to you via an IV like you would receive at the hospital. And it essentially cures uh, hangovers. You know, it's good for workout recovery or, or jet lag or the flu in about 30 minutes. Um, and so just to get a nurse to come to his house and administer the IV, he had to have three separate phone calls with the company, one for payment details, one for uh, to talk about his symptoms. And then I think the first one is, was to like get him into the system. And then he had to text back and forth with the company. He was like sending him all these forms to fill out. And it was just like a really clunky and kind of like outdated uh, user experience. And my co-founder and I got to thinking about how we could make this experience more enjoyable and efficient for our customers. And that's how we kind of, you know, generated the idea of, you know, getting a hangover curing IV treatment at the press of a button um, via uh, an intuitive mobile app. So the question is like, besides IV, right? I'm sure even going through every day, you have a lot of different ideas or how for new businesses or it doesn't have to be scalable even. It could just be small problems that you wanted to solve that you didn't have time now because you're, I mean, fully invested in IV, but if you did have time, like what are some things that you'd go after? I've got to think about that one. That's a great question. So kind of in a broader sense, um, something I'm extremely uh, passionate about is protecting the environment. So one of my biggest goals is to be able to start some sort of organization that uh, fights climate change. And so although that's like a really kind of macro thing, I think starting, you know, an organization like that is a lot easier if you kind of have some other, you know, achievements under your belt, because you can get the your foot in the door easier for more influential uh, individuals and donors. Um, so if I wasn't focusing on IV, I think that's that would probably be one of my main priorities. Yeah, and it's very, very important. I mean, like it, it's one of those things I feel like not enough people are paying attention to just because it's it's close. It, the, the threat of climate change is, is close, but it's not close enough for, for it to affect our daily lives yet. So I feel like not enough people are paying attention to it. Um, but definitely super, super important. And I think it'll be very, very valuable if you can come up with something successful in that realm for sure. That is the overarching goal one day. <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later. That was my conversation with LJ Troilo. What a story, right? So many cool insights and perspectives. He's the founder of Ivy, 
an on-demand service to cure hangovers. And a final message from him, if you've had an IV treatment yourself, or you're a nurse that's interested in joining the IV medical team, LJ would love to chat with you about your experience. Please email him at lj at iv.app. That's lj at ive.app. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's show, and if you did, please share with a friend. And if you know that there's someone that I really have to talk to, please shoot us a message on LinkedIn. The People of LinkedIn page and podcast is produced and edited by me, Ben Yan. The artwork was done by my dear friend, Big Sam. And original music was composed by Dan Bowden, DJ Williams, and Kevin McLeod. Thanks again for listening, and best of luck with your own ideas.